Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. We have questions of the day that allow for your participation. We have great guests, including Dan Bonner on college basketball, Joe Person on the Carolina Panthers and the NFL playoffs. Get your wheels turning on these questions from various corners of the sports universe because our guests are later in the program. I have a lot to offer on Titans at Chiefs, Packers at 49ers, but I want to hear from you as well. Connor McGregor is getting back into the octagon after a long absence. I have thoughts. I will welcome yours. The Carolina Panthers continue to build their coaching staff under former Baylor leader Matt Rule. The guy, Joe Brady, who helped LSU win the national title and put together that most prolific offense in college football history with those Tigers, actually comes from a coaching tree that places a premium on throwing accuracy. Does that sound like Cam Newton to you? Joe Brady is from the Sean Payton family of coaches. Sean likes the Drew Brees types. Joe Brady likes the Joe Burrow types that can just put the ball in the small basket when needed on cue. Never been Cam's greatest strength. Even when Cam led Auburn to the national title, he was not dropping dimes the way Joe Burrow was on Monday night as LSU beat Clemson. Has it been a huge part of his NFL career as well? Strides in terms of accuracy for Cam Newton under Norv Turner in recent years, but still not his greatest strength for sure. Could it be a good marriage, or is it time for the Panthers to have a total reboot? That is one of our questions of the day. As I cast them out for you, you can dial us up for, with your input. Intern Will is representing William Peace University. He'll be the one taking your calls. Sam represents UNC. Charles Hadley is in for Darren Vaught, who is on assignment in Asheville, North Carolina tonight. He is the voice of High Point basketball, and High Point visits the Bulldogs of UNC Asheville in conference play. More on college basketball, including NC State showed last night. Why I and many others think that they are one of those middle-of-the-pack, pardon the pun, ACC teams that can join Duke and Florida State and Louisville, the three teams that we know are going to be a part of March Madness. They're not going to be the only three from the ACC. It's just a matter of figuring out who else emerges from the pack. I believe NC State is one of the best positioned to do so, and I think that went over the Miami Hurricanes. While not a world-beating opponent, right, it was at home, it was against Miami, another middling team in the ACC, but a nice win by Kevin Keith's squad, and it was just nice more generally to see the Wolfpack's key players all on the court at the same time. I mean, how many of these games this year have they not had one or the other? It was C.J. Bryce coming back from injury. He's been the best player on that team when healthy so far this year. It was D.J. Funderburk, who usually comes off the bench, the team's best big guy. He started for the first time this season, kind of a reward by Coach Keats for his strong play lately. Markel Johnson was not his old, brilliant self, but he was a nice, solid, reliable version 
version of himself. Devin Daniels had another good game. Manny Bates keeps blocking shots. Jericho Hellams had a really good game off the bench. You know, that's six out of your top eight right there. Those were the signs you needed to see if you were a member of Wolfpack Nation. Still a long way to go, of course. Clemson comes to PNC Arena next, and the Wolfpack needs to sweep these two home games before playing five of the next seven on the road. We'll glance ahead in the NFL and in college basketball to the weekend. Louisville Duke has ESPN and college game day here in our backyard. More on that throughout the course of today's show. Here are the questions for your consideration. You can grab anyone as I jump into the football weekend that awaits us, the college basketball games of last night and the coming weekend. The Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice tonight and back home tomorrow and Sunday and Tuesday when everybody takes about a 10-day break for the NHL All-Star break. More on those topics throughout the course of today's program. Here are the fishing lines that allow for you to bite on one and dial us up at 1-800-849-2761. Last weekend, we were able to steer you away from the Ravens-Titans game. That was our advice all week long. Did we tell you that the Titans were going to beat the Ravens in Baltimore? Guarantee it. Bet the kids' college tuition fund. Of course not. But we saw something about that game that scared us away, and anyone who did hesitate was rewarded for that hesitation. We had the Chiefs as the lock of the weekend, and as that turned out after a scary start, the Chiefs were absolutely, positively, no doubt about it, the much better team. They outscored the, the uh, Texans, it was, 51-10 to 10 after the crazy opening that had one fan leaving the stadium as the bad luck charm. Here's my NFL playoff question for you. We have one for Panthers fans. We have one for NBA fans, and we'll get into the hockey, the college basketball, and other things as well. NFL playoffs. Which road underdog has the best chance of winning this weekend and why? We helped you with the Titans' road to victory even at a 14-2 Baltimore team last weekend. We knew they had a chance. Stay away from that one. Unpredictable. There are only two road dogs this week, right? Both underdogs by about a touchdown depending on what line you're looking at it's the titans again seven point underdog at kansas city it's the packers roughly a seven point underdog at san francisco after looking at both matchups closely i have the one that i think is the smarter bet or the better chance of springing a road upset which road underdog tennessee or green bay has the best chance of winning this weekend and why my thoughts and yours at 1-800-849-2761 if you're a panthers fan here's your bottom line question right now are you in favor of a total reboot and I mean including without your longtime quarterback, Cam Newton. Why is now the right time to ask that? Well, guess what, man? You have a relatively new owner in David Tepper. You have a new head coach in Matt Rule of Baylor. You have a new offensive coordinator in the 30-year-old wonderkin from LSU, Joe Brady. You have a new defensive coordinator, the guy who helped Matt Rule build Baylor and also Temple, Phil Snow. You have new assistant coaches elsewhere. You have the retiring Luke Keekley as the defensive face of the franchise. You have a perhaps retiring Greg Olson as one of the other public faces of the franchise. Do you just want to rip the Band-Aid off entirely? I mean, why not all at once, right? Some want to see one more year of Cam Newton. Even David Tepper has made noise along those lines. But almost everything else is changing now. Do you 
as a Panthers fan, vote in favor of a total reboot, meaning without Cam Newton. You'd have to find a quarterback, of course, elsewhere. Some are available in the draft. Some are available in free agency. Panthers fans, are you in favor of a total reboot with so many things changing? Why not just make the QB change as well? That's the logic. I'll offer my two cents. We welcome your calls now at 1-800-849-2761. Did you know in the college football world, Virginia Tech fans thought momentarily yesterday that Justin Fuente was going to leave the Hokies for the Baylor job? Earlier today, Coach Fuente tweeted that he was staying with the Hokies. Here's one to get your wheels turning. In our backyard, think of the big four schools. If you're at a mid-level school, it's not unusual to lose a successful head coach to another program. It just happens that way. Scott Satterfield was an App State alum, but he still, after great success with the Mountaineers, did leave for Louisville. That's just how it works most of the time if you are not playing in one of the top conferences. When was the last time a big four school had either their football or men's basketball coach lured away, meaning they didn't retire, they didn't die, they weren't fired, they didn't resign? So those are, the, believe it or not, it's almost always a firing, a resignation, or a retirement. At the bigger schools and the bigger conferences, you very rarely see the guy leave just for another job. It does occasionally happen. Remember, it happened to Virginia Tech in basketball just last year. Buzz Williams leaves for Texas A&M. Big programs and big conferences and the sports they care about, don't let that happen very often. Can anybody remember the last time one of our big four schools, Duke State, Carolina, and Wake, lost either their football coach, again, voluntarily to another job. Not a firing, not a retirement, not a resignation. And when was the last time one of our big four schools lost their men's basketball coach through an avenue that was not retirement, resignation, or dismissal? It's been a long time is the reason I asked the question. Virginia Tech dodged the bullet of losing both their major high-profile head coaches in that fashion. Again, Justin Fuente is staying with Virginia Tech after interviewing. He and his wife went to Waco, Texas, or near there, to interview with the Baylor Bears, who, of course, just lost their head coach, Matt Rule, to the NFL's Carolina Panthers. I have another question of the day for you. MMA superstar Conor McGregor returns to the Octagon uh, Saturday night, a place he has not won a bout since 2016. Do you care? Do you care? Are, I don't mean die-hard combat sports people. I mean the casual people who were a part of making Conor McGregor the View style in that boxing match against Floyd Mayweather Jr. in 2017 when McGregor crossed over and put on the boxing gloves and, of course, lost that bout on pay-per-view. Even two years ago, there were good numbers for his loss in the octagon, octagon to Habib Nurmagomedov. Do you care, or is he just one of those shining stars of the past and that bloom is off that rose? You can get in at 1-800-849-2761. And just to make everybody feel included, how about an NBA question of the day? Again, you can bite on any of these. We'll hit them all over the course of today's program. If you're an NBA fan, you have had one half of a regular season to evaluate every NBA rookie except Zion Williamson. Now we know Zion, number one overall to New Orleans, finally will make his debut with the Pelicans this coming Wednesday. 
but you've had 40-plus games to evaluate all the rest. That is not the kind of intel that you have on draft day. My question is this. If you could repick right now, knowing Zion had knee surgery and hasn't played yet, having seen John Morant and all the other NBA rookies, would you still pick Zion number one overall? Or has this half a season changed your mind? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Dan Bonner on college basketball later. More of my thoughts on the Wolfpack's win and other college hoops from last night and the weekend that awaits us, Louisville at Duke and otherwise. Joe Person on the NFL playoffs in the Carolina Panthers. Of course, the Titans at the Chiefs, the Packers at the 49ers. Which road dog has the best chance of springing the upset this Sunday? And why do you feel that way? I'll offer my two cents. We'll welcome yours. I even have a Baseball Hall of Fame update for you. The announcement of this year's class is next Tuesday, but they make, there are websites that collect public votes and try to extrapolate who will get in come Tuesday. All these voters had to cast their ballots by December 31st. So somebody out there just asks any voter who's willing to be transparent about it, whom did you vote for and who did, you know, which ones did not get your vote? And they start tallying things up. You may be surprised where Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who, of course, their numbers put them in among the best players in baseball history, but their stains, PED style, have kept them out to this point, besides numbers that would put them almost automatically in, you might be surprised by how many ballots. You need 75% of the writers' votes to get in. You might be surprised at how the early returns are placing guys like Bonds and Clemens compared to that 75% threshold that they need. The legendary Yankee shortstop, Derek Jeter, by the way. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he is a lock. He will be among those announced next Tuesday. Many others are at or near that 75% edge. More on that story today as well. David in Raleigh, Kevin in Burlington, Ron's in Greensboro, Rob's in Durham. Others are calling from the mountains and the beach and everywhere you'd want to live in between. We're going to hit a little bit of everything today. Great guests later. Your calls now. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. We have some questions lingering. Panthers fans, are you in favor of a total reboot without Cam Newton? You have a new head coach in Matt Rule. You have new coordinators, including LSU's Joe Brady as the 30-year-old wonderkind OC. You have no more Luke Keekley, maybe no more tight end Greg Olson, lots of changes elsewhere, a relatively new owner in David Tepper, and that Cam Newton guy is dealing with a foot injury and surgery that nobody can be sure how it's going to pan out come March or April. Do you want to just pull the Band-Aid entirely and start over? Do you want a total reboot without Cam Newton? You can chime in at 1-800-849-2761. David and Ron will be first up on that one. NFL playoffs, which road underdog has the best chance of winning this weekend and why? We helped you last week avoid betting on the Ravens at home against the visiting Titans. 
We helped you last week select the best chance of a road warrior to win. You only have two options this time. They're both seven-point underdogs. Tennessee at Kansas City as the dog. Packers at San Francisco. Green Bay the underdog. Which road dog has the best chance of winning this weekend and why? After peeling the onion a little bit, I have a different answer than I thought I would as I recommend your picks this weekend. And one more for you. MMA superstar Conor McGregor returns to the octagon this weekend. A place where he has not won a bout since 2016. I asked the basic question, do you care? Because my answer is yes. And I actually like myself a little less just by admitting that my answer is yes. He's not the most admirable guy in the world. He's easy to dislike for a lot of reasons. And yet I did participate in the pay-per-view when he boxed beyond his own martial arts, Floyd Mayweather Jr. in that record-setting pay-per-view bout. I was curious when he went into the octagon two years ago and lost to Habib in that submission bout. I took notice when, if you count his worldwide followers, there's no doubt about at his peak in 2016, Conor McGregor was the biggest star in the history of MMA and in a boxing world that has been down for quite a while in many ways. He was the biggest star in combat sports then and still remains one of them, even though he hasn't been in the octagon since 2018 and he hasn't won in the octagon since 2016. I actually care how many of you care beyond the diehards, 1-800-849-2761. And NBA fans, you've now had a half of a regular season to evaluate every NBA rookie except Zion Williamson of New Orleans. He makes his debut this coming Wednesday after sitting out all this time after knee surgery. The former Duke star did go number one overall, famously to New Orleans. If you could repick right now, you don't have the limited information they had on draft day. Now you have a half a year to watch all these guys in NBA uniforms. Would Zion still be your number one overall pick? Or would another of these NBA rookies have surpassed him in that regard? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. David and Raleigh, welcome to the program. Both guests are later. Your calls are now. Ron and Kevin and Rob, hang in there. We'll get to you. David, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thanks for having me, guys. Sure. As a Panthers fan, it's great to see the Panthers here playing and all. But, you know, I think we got to rip the Band-Aid off. Um, you got a new coach here coming from Baylor who had, you know, a successful year at Baylor. Um, but he's coming to a team that's got a lot of depth at most every position. But I say rip it off and build around Christian McCaffrey. He's, you know, he's the elite running back here in Charlotte. You have two rookie quarterbacks that, you know, did they prove themselves this year? Not really. No. I mean, who can really prove themselves when you're playing more than one quarterback in a year, you know? three or two games, you know. Um, Do you believe either but, of those guys will ever be a starter, or are you looking at free agents or the draft to find your next quarterback if you're turning the page on Cam Newton? I say Greer could be the starter, but I say you're looking at the draft for a quarterback. Yeah. I'll be surprised if Kyle Allen or Will Greer is the starter for the Panthers anytime soon. I don't know. Never is hard to say. But they're not going to be the answer as the starter in 2020. So you have to be thinking a bridge, right? Some people think Cam Newton can be that bridge. He has one more year if both sides want under his contract. And then after that, you could reevaluate. 
But others believe, you know, Tua, Joe Burrow's not going to be available, of course, unless he figures out a way to dodge Cincinnati, you know, the way Eli Manning and Andrew Luck dodged teams they didn't want to play for coming out of college. Unless he figures out that side door, it's going to be Cincinnati picking Joe Burrow of LSU number one. But that still leaves Tua Tungavailoa of Alabama. That still leaves Justin Herbert of Oregon. I'm not big on him as the Panthers, you know, future quarterback Jake Fromm of Georgia is also going to be picked in the first round at the quarterback position you got to have an answer I'm not automatically against rebooting entirely given that so many other things have changed again ownership head coach coordinators face of the franchise on defense maybe Greg Olson leaving as well that's a lot of change I'm not anti Cam Newton but I'm not anti reboot if Matt Rule and remember Joe Brady learned under Sean Payton in New Orleans where they had Drew Brees. And some say, well, yeah, Joe, Joe Brady also saw them create some of those packages for the backup Taysom Hill, who is also a dual-threat quarterback, of course, as Cam Newton has been record-setting-wise when healthy. We don't know if Cam's going to get healthy again. We don't know if Joe Brady's in love with the Taysom Hill type of stuff that he learned at New Orleans. And we don't know if Matt Rule wants to go down that rule either. We'll see. It's hard to predict because Cam's medical future is that uncertain. Ron in Greensboro wants in on this same question. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Good afternoon, David. Hey, man. Uh, big Cam Newton fan. I've told people all year that uh, we didn't have the answer and he was our only chance coming back. But what's happened during the last oh, two or three weeks, I would really like to see the uh, Panthers go ahead and let him go and get to 19 million or 17 million in cap money and about 7.3 in Keekley and go ahead and go to the rebuild. And I would like to see Cam go somewhere else and have a good chance to uh, and not go through a rebuild and have a good chance to uh, be a success somewhere else. Is there a free agent or a college quarterback you have your eye on? Or are you just not sure where they go next to QB? You know, I think it's a still it's still a leap because we still don't know about him. But uh, I think Tua would be a is going to be a big time quarterback. It's a matter of whether he gets healthy. As long as Tua is healthy, I'm all count me in on the Tonga Valoa train, man. That would be fun to watch if David Tepper wants to rip the Band-Aid off entirely. Appreciate you chiming in, Ron. We'll get to Kevin and Rob and you. 1-800-849-2761. What impressed me most about NC State's win last night? Why I am intrigued, as is Rob in Durham, by Connor McGregor's long-awaited return to the Octagon this weekend. Which road underdog has the better chance of winning this weekend and why in the NFL playoffs? My answer might surprise you your options of course are Tennessee visiting Kansas City Green Bay visiting San Francisco the Canes are back on the ice college basketball is front and center Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame class is near its announcement early next week and Justin Fuente is staying at Virginia Tech folks have been surprised by the correct answer when's the last time a big four school Duke State Waker Carolina here in our backyard had a football or men's basketball coach leave in a way that was not A, a dismissal, B, a resignation, or C, a retirement. They do not happen very often at all. I mean, you can't fill a single thing, a single hand, rather. You can't fill five fingers of examples from the big four schools 
who left in those other ways, hired away by a pro or other college program. You can't fill five fingers even if you go back more than a couple decades. That's how rare it is. And yet Virginia Tech did have its basketball coach, Buzz Williams, lured away by Texas A&M last year and had its football coach, Justin Fuente, talking to Baylor just yesterday. Again, he has announced he is staying with the Hokies. Some Virginia Tech fans were unhappy that he even took that interview and kind of shocked that fan base. Where was your loyalty, they said, when we supported you through two difficult seasons? I think Justin Fuente has felt unappreciated at times and has felt that Virginia Tech fans in significant numbers have not appreciated the complication of succeeding the legendary coach Frank Beamer. So you have a fractured relationship to a degree there. I think it's one of the reasons Justin Fuente was willing to listen to Baylor. But in the end, he ends up staying. He certainly was not dying to leave as his decision to stay in Blacksburg reflects. It'll be interesting to see if he has burned bridges there because I know a lot of Virginia Tech fans and they thought it was a smack in the face that he popped up somewhere in Texas interviewing with Baylor when apparently some in the Virginia Tech administration were not even uh, aware that he was taking that interview. 1-800-849-2761. Odell Beckham Jr. was seen on the field Monday night at the national championship game handing out cash to LSU players. OBJ is back in the news again. That Monday night picture can lead to NCAA problems for LSU, if you know how the rules work. You know, amateurism and all that stuff. Now OBJ is in more wrong headlines. That story and more of your calls next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this, this is everything your... open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. can't change what we've done uh, to get us in this position. You know, on October 14th, we were 2-4. and four. I was a bad coach, and this was a bad team. You know, we, we tried to believe in each other. We tried to improve, tried to prepare, um, trust each other, execute, and um, you know, that's what's gotten us here. So we're not, we, we can't change and start to make things up now. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Lines are jumping. We like that. We're talking... NFL, of course, that was Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans coach. They were only 9-7 and seven in the regular season. Can you believe that? They're one of the last four standing, and frankly, I think they're almost as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll still take the Chiefs at home, but the question of the day, which road underdog has the best chance of winning this weekend and why? As, as strange as it might sound, KC was 13-3 and three in the regular season, right? And... Patrick Mahomes missed some games and was hobbled for some other games. So it's almost like KC was kind of even better than 13-3 and three might suggest. The Titans were only 9-7. and seven. But what do you have to hone in on as you look forward to these matchups as I give you a quick Odell Beckham Jr. update that I promised and the question of the day that you're answering that I am answering as well, which road underdog has the better chance of winning this weekend in the NFL's Final Four and why? Tennessee, 9-7 and seven in the regular season, now has back-to-back-to-back playoff-style wins over a good Houston Texans team, a really good New Orleans, uh, New England team, not vintage Belichick, but still hard to beat in Foxborough, and then the Baltimore Ravens, who had the best record in the NFL. That's the Titans' recent history. 
Houston, it seemed going into the game, the Titans thought they had to win to advance to the playoffs. As it turned out, others lost and they would have gotten in anyway. But it was a playoff-style atmosphere for that regular season finale because they wanted to control their destiny, as the saying goes, and they needed to beat the Texans as they thought in the moment. You beat Houston, New England, and Baltimore back-to-back-to-back. The other two in the playoffs on the road in both cases – two of the better teams in the entire NFL in various statistical categories, you're dangerous by definition. Ryan Tannehill was one of the shocks of the season at quarterback after he took over for Mariota. And, of course, running back Derrick Henry set the all-time NFL record in those three games with 180-plus yards in all three. That had never been done, not just playoffs, that had never been done in back-to-back-to-back NFL games by any running back ever. That's how well Derrick Henry is running. The Chiefs' run defense for much of this year was not very good. If my life depended on it, would I still pick KC to win at home? Yes. But would I dodge this game at the betting window, given what the Titans have just done, given some vulnerability by that Kansas City defense? I would dodge this one. And that leaves, of course, which road underdog has the better chance of winning? I think it's the Titans. The Packers at San Francisco, to me, boils down to this. Is the Aaron Rodgers advantage over Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback position for Green Bay big enough to outweigh everything else? Virtually everything else is arrow toward the 49ers. Home field advantage, caliber of your defense. I know the Packers are better at rushing the passer, et cetera. Consistent running game, again, better for the Packers. Who was better during the regular season? The 49ers. Who beat whom and how badly during the regular season? These two played each other, remember. It was actually not even one of those three months ago type things. It was week 12. Green Bay went to San Francisco, same venue as this Sunday. And you remember what happened? It was 49ers 37, Packers 8. That's it. That's the thrashing that underlined what San Francisco did to most of their opponents this weekend, or this season rather. Has enough changed from week 12 to now to think that not only Green Bay has closed that gap, but can overcome, can completely overturn the theme of that game where the 49ers owned the Packers in every sense. They shut down Aaron Rodgers, they limited the running game, and then they didn't have to worry as much about protecting Jimmy Garoppolo in a close game. If it happens that way this weekend, that will be a concern now that the Packers rushed the passer better. None of that was a concern in Week 12, 37-8 Niners over Packers. Which road dog has the better chance of winning? It's got to be the Titans again, man. The 9-7 and seven Tennessee Titans have changed who they are that much at, in the latter portion of the season that at least they have a chance. And if you roll your eyes at that, you probably rolled your eyes that the Tennessee Titans were going to go to New England and beat the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady on their home field. Or the Tennessee Titans were going to go to Baltimore and knock out NFL MVP Lamar Jackson and the 14-2 Ravens in front of their home fans. You can roll your eyes all you want. Again, I think the Chiefs are really good. I'm rooting for Andy Reid to finally get his Super Bowl. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is going to be a brutally difficult test for the Tennessee defense. But who has the better chance as the road dog? I think it's the little old Tennessee Titans, even after a little old 9-7 and seven season. Chase is in Winston-Salem and next on the David Glenn Show. Hey, Chase. Hey, D- DG, first time, long time. Thanks, um, man. I just want to get your opinion on this. You guys like Lawrence, Burrow, they play behind four five-star D-lines, five-star skill players. What about a guy like Jordan Love or somebody like that from Utah State? 
who had a good career basically by himself. Yeah, we got a good view of him. Did you see him play against the Demon Deacons earlier this year? He's a he's a talent now. Yeah, he's one of the best players in that league, and he is draft eligible this year. You know, you can get him in a lower round, right? Now, I think one, I think he is an intriguing later round possibility for anybody who wants a quarterback. I think among the first rounders, obviously two is asterisk is his injury history and hip surgery, et cetera. And Jake Fromm of Georgia, man, some people believe that he could end up being a Brady-type guy. Meaning, hey, at Michigan way back in the day, Tom Brady was not throwing the ball around like they do in the air raid nowadays, right? It was a run-based offense at Michigan, Big Ten-style football. Yes, he was good at the end of his career with the Wolverines, but he famously fell all the way to the sixth round because he was not just lighting everybody up with his numbers week in and week out. So the Patriots end up with one of the greatest draft picks in the history of the NFL. Fromm's going to be a first-rounder out of Georgia, but he was not putting up the kinds of numbers that Joe Burrow just did at LSU or that Cam Newton did at Auburn back in the day. He's, you know, piloting the ship that is about defense and a running game and a balanced passing attack, and those guys can be harder to project. It'll be interesting to see if the Panthers focus on one of the first-rounders, again, if they turn the page on Cam Newton, or whether they look for that, you know, golden nugget in the later rounds. The Odell Beckham Jr. update that I promised quickly, and I want to get Rob and Durham here in here. He wanted to answer the Conor McGregor question of the day. I'm just asking everybody, do you care? He made MMA matter to more than the diehard combat sports fan four years ago and two years ago and three years ago when he had a boxing match against Floyd Mayweather Jr. that brought in like 4.3 million pay-per-view purchases, second most in the history of pay-per-view. So Conor McGregor has changed that world. The question is, do you care now that he hasn't won about in the octagon since 2016, he's back in the octagon on Saturday night in UFC 246. So Odell Beckham Jr. was caught on video doing a couple things Monday night. You saw him handing out cash to LSU players. Yes, that is against NCAA rules. Yes, it can cause LSU problems, even if the guy was a senior, right? Y yes, there are all sorts of issues there. Yes, LSU has already started an investigation, and after some ridiculous denials. They actually claimed, they claimed first that they were novelty bills. Like, I mean, it's not quite as laughable as saying, oh, that was just Monopoly money. You guys ever play Monopoly? Like some of the dollars are white, others are pink. That was not Monopoly money. But there are those novelty bills, right? You've seen them in specialty shops. And, you know, especially with modern technology, they don't look like kindergarten Monopoly bills. They have the blend of the green and the white and the whatever. So I, I still rolled my eyes. LSU, an LSU official actually claimed to a media member that they were just novelty bills from a specialty shop. I mean, like, I don't expect an LSU official to say, yeah, that was good old-fashioned hard, old hard cash and we're in big trouble. No, it's not your job to admit that, but it's not your job to just make up lies either. I mean, come on. I investigate, at least attempt, or give the appearance of attempting to care about the truth. Man, we live in a really weird world. I'm just going to flat out lie because that's my instinct, to just lie. That's how we do things nowadays in, in America, apparently. Facts don't matter. I'm just going to lie because it feels good to lie. And because I need to defend my school. Whatever the truth might be, I don't care anymore. I mean, wow. Anyway... OBJ may have gotten LSU in trouble for that. He's not going to get in trouble. He can give money to whoever he wants. But his alma mater can get in trouble if 
players are taking cash, caught on camera, etc. If the dollar values are small enough, the penalties are usually small as well, for anyone wondering about that, as the investigation continues. And yes, after the initial bald-faced lies, LSU officials did admit, oh yeah, we're, we're going through an investigation. We've alerted the Southeastern Conference. We've alerted the NCAA. Well, here's OBJ Part 2. And instead of his school being on the hook, this is where you can be on the hook. Ready for this? Video, different video, also appears to show Odell Beckham Jr. slap the butt of a police officer who was in LSU's locker room. NOLA.com reports that New Orleans police actually obtained an arrest warrant accusing OBJ of simple battery in connection with the incident. That's basically unwanted touching, right? People, words, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. When you go from words, whatever they are, even if they're unwanted, they're less likely to get you into trouble. They can, but less likely. Simple battery means, you know, dumbing it down a bit, unwanted touching. So OBJ's slap on the police officer's butt has led to an arrest warrant. The report says authorities originally wanted Beckham charged with misdemeanor sexual battery for the pat on the butt, but a judge denied that request. Odell Beckham Jr., of course, who played with distinction at LSU, was celebrating with the team on the field during the cash sequence and then in the locker room after they beat Clemson Monday night for the national title. OBJ, OBJ, man, one of a kind. He's not exactly as bad yet as legendary wide receiver Antonio Brown, whose list of misdeeds at this point is just disgraceful. I mean, as a non-role model in the legal sense, in the commitment to your own team sense, he's just a true disgrace, an embarrassment in every sense. OBJ is a little trickier than that, a little harder to find than that. You can't paint with quite the same broad brush. But those were two unwise moves from him Monday night, one of which may bother his school with the NCAA and one of which may end up with him in hot water with the police. Robin Durham, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DG. <clears throat> Thanks for taking the call. Sure, man. I just wanted to say uh, regarding Conor McGregor, I mean, is, is, it, is it relevant? Do I care? Do we care? Uh, ab absolutely. I mean, he's been the most polarizing um uh, fighter in a really long time yeah. winning winning or losing and uh uh coming back you know that he, he appears to be in better shape not drinking his whiskey right uh all all week before i, I think he's motivated he's having fun and it's it, you know everybody loves a train wreck yeah he, he's either gonna knock he makes you watch rounds. he makes you watch yeah doesn't he's he gonna knock him out or he's going to get submitted, obviously. I don't think anybody thinks this is going a distance because, you know, the guy comes to fight. He, he truly believes in what he does, and he's going to give you everything he has. And I, he's I a showman. Any question about that. He's a showman, right? There are a lot of MMA fighters who are great at their craft but don't add much, if anything, to the showman part of it all. You know, he and Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who's, what, been in more MMA bouts than anybody in the history of the sport. Those two go head-to-head -head in the octagon on Saturday night at a UFC event. Uh, those two guys described themselves at the press conference this week as entertainers. Now, of course, they're also athletes. They're also combatants. But not everybody 
gets that they need to be entertainers, especially it's no longer a tiny niche sport, but it is still a niche sport compared to the behemoths, you know, like the NFL and the NBA and baseball and even some other things. So they get the entertainer aspect, but not all those who get it can deliver. So Conor McGregor, man, he had the guts to fight undefeated Floyd Mayweather Jr. with boxing gloves rather than under MMA rules. And a lot of people rolled their eyes, and a lot of people said, that's ridiculous, circus sideshow. But guess what? Those two guys have life-changing money because 4.3 million-plus people chose to opt for the pay-per-view option. And even as a competitor, if he were only circus sideshow, if he were only showman, I would not be as intrigued. I don't admire him, by the way. He, he has a lot of qualities that I don't like at all. That's why I joked earlier I like myself less because I'm curious how he does on Saturday night. But he is an accomplished MMA artist. I mean, he's a knockout artist. He is a wild man in there, and he has beaten many of the best that the sport has to offer. He lost to Habib in 2018. He lost to Mayweather in the boxing ring in 2017. And the biggest star in MMA history, as odd as it sounds, has not had a win in the octagon since the 2016 calendar year. If a lot of people still care four calendar years later, man, you've got some staying power that only someone with some street cred in the octagon and that salesmanship would be able to pull off. 1-800-849-2761. Two great guests later, Dan Bonner on College Hoops, Joe Person on the NFL, and your Carolina Panthers. Your calls, too, on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> uh, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. All right, here we go. Dan Bonner on College Hoops third hour. Joe Person on the Panthers in the NFL third hour. That means hour two is more you and me and your phone calls. NC State basketball, Carolina Hurricanes, Barry Bonds, Reg Roger Clemens in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Connor McGregor's return to the Octagon, and of course a whole bunch of NFL and college football. We're coming back to you next. Roy Williams, welcome yeah. back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand yeah. down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.